the winner of a presidential election has guaranteed a communist takeover. No, I'm not talking about the United States, but rather the Republic of Chile. We'll discuss the significance of this election in today's episode of Analysis Behind the News, where we provide the perspective and plan to restore American liberty and independence. On Sunday, December 19, 2021, Chile held the second and final round of its two-round presidential election, the winner of which is chosen by popular vote. In an article published on Jacksonville, Florida's Action News Jax, CBS 47, Fox 30, titled Leftist Millennial Wins Election as Chile's Next President, the Associated Press reported a leftist millennial who rose to prominence during anti-government protests was elected Chile's next president Sunday after a bruising campaign against a free market firebrand likened to Donald Trump. With 56% of the votes, Gabriel Boric handedly defeated by more than 10 points lawmaker Jose Antonio Cast, who tried unsuccessfully to scare voters that his inexperienced opponent would become a puppet of his allies in Chile's Communist Party and upend the country's vaunted record as Latin America's most stable advanced economy. In fact, flags of Chile's Communist Party bearing the hammer and sickle can clearly be seen in the AP photo beneath the headline of that article. So who exactly is Gabriel Boric, the leftist millennial elected president of Chile? And how is he tied to Chile's Communist Party? The best coverage of the election, which answers those questions, actually came prior to the vote on thenewamerican.com in an article titled High Stakes Votes in Chile's December 19 election, written by Dr. Carlos Casanova. Dr. Casanova is a law professor at the Pontifical University of Chile in Santiago, and he has taught philosophy and law at other universities in Chile, as well as universities in the United States and Venezuela. He fled to Chile after, his, after he witnessed his native homeland of Venezuela likewise fall to Marxism-Leninism. Some of you may also recognize him from the various interviews he's given to both the New American and the John Birch Society about the revolution in Chile. In his article, he reports, Gabriel Boric represents the revolution. He is ostensibly supported by Frente Amplio, a coalition of Marxist and anarchist groups, and really by the Chilean Communist Party. He is also supported officially by the Socialist Party, the Partido de la Revolución Democrática, and the Partido Radical. Many Christian Democratic leaders have expressed their support to Boric as well. This support is, of course, the result of a patient, decades-long infiltration of the Catholic Church by the Communists. Delving deeper into Boric's communist pedigree, Casanova continues, Boric is a young, 35 years old, and authentic Marxist revolutionary, and he was one of the student leaders during the student movement of 2011-2012. This is how he became a nationally important uh, political figure that movement pushed for and ended in the suppression of the system of subsidized schools, similar to the charter school program in the United States, and of university autonomy. These, of course, are classic Marxist goals. Chavez, for example, 
sought the same ends in Venezuela in 2000-2002, but failed due to the resistance of professors and students. In 2013, Boric was elected for the first time as a representative in the Chilean Congress. He was re-elected in 2017. There he pushed for all radical agendas, including the law of gender identity, abortion, homosexual marriage, the distribution of the privately owned retirement funds, etc. He also encouraged the revolutionary movement in October of 2019, approved the attacks against the national police, and supports the terrorist violence in the Arakania. Boric signed the Agreement for Peace, extorted by violence from the conservative members of parliament in November of 2019, and he is behind the majority force at the constituent convention elected in May, to which I will later return. He has also publicly befriended the murderer who assassinated Senator Jaime Guzman in 1991 and defended that crime. The Constituent Convention, officially in Spanish as La Convención Constitucional, is Chile's constitutional convention, which came about as a result of the country's so-called anti-government and anti-inequality protests, also supported by Chile's Communist Party. So not only has Chile elected a communist as president, he's also the force behind the majority bloc in the country's constitutional convention to rewrite Chile's constitution. This is a double blow for freedom in Chile, virtually guaranteeing Chile's total collapse from being one of the most prosperous pro-free market republics in all of Latin America into yet another starving, oppressive Marxist tyranny, just like Venezuela and Cuba. And Cuba. In fact, for a full breakdown of the communist revolution in Chile and how it is following the pattern of anarchy used in Venezuela, we invite you to watch the second episode of Anarchy in America titled Chile in Chaos, in which we interview both Carlos Casanova and Leah Southwell, an American citizen who lived in Santiago, Chile. So why does this matter? Dr. Casanova answers this uh, early on in his article writing, this event is relevant for Americans for many reasons, one of them being the strong similarity in tactics between the long-term subversion of the United States, including the recent Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots, on the one hand, and the Chilean path to revolution on the other. The patriots of the North can and should take warning by observing how Chile, one of the most prosperous and secure countries of South America, is being dragged into the pit of radical destruction. It's important for us to take note of the five-step strategy used to subvert Chile to bring about Marxist tyranny. In fact, we originally identified this five-step strategy back in 1965 in our classic film, Anarchy USA. The strategy advocates to divide the people through economic or racial ethnic lines, create the appearance of popular support via mass protests, neutralize the opposition, such as labeling the opponent as fascists and serving American colonialist and imperialist interests, precipitate mob violence, using called peaceful protests to instigate an apparently repressive response from the government, thus giving credence to the previous two steps. And finally, create semblance of revolution 
to effectively take over the country, replacing the country's existing constitution and leaders with new Marxist ones that are perceived as representing the will of the people and as a solution to their alleged, or in reality, fabricated plight. We at the John Birch Society believe so strongly in the importance and implications of this ongoing communist revolution in Chile that we've produced a 43-minute film presentation titled Anarchy, an Eyewitness Account. In this presentation, Leah Southwell shares her eyewitness account of the revolution that began in October of 2019. You can purchase a DVD copy of both her presentation, Anarchy, an Eyewitness Account, and our DVD disc, Anarchy in America, featuring the first six episodes, including our second episode breakdown of the Chilean Revolution, on shopjbs.org. If you haven't already, we encourage you to watch these. If you're in a JBS chapter, which we hope that you are, or plan on either joining or forming one in your area um, after becoming a JBS member, consider viewing these films as a movie night or as a series. Use these as educational and recruiting tools. It's important that we understand the nature of the collectivist enemy we face especially in its Marxist-Communist variation that is currently besieging both Latin America and the United States. The so-called Black Lives Matter, anti-police riots following the death of George Floyd, Antifa demonstrations seeking to upend capitalism,